The following is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Life as a Life Schooler, where we talk about how to merge life with homeschooling. I'm Danielle Papa Giorgio, and tonight we're going to be talking about five life schooling tips to freedom in your home school. Now, I've, I often say that life schooling is all about freedom. And, you know, even if you visit our website, you see that woman that's jumping up in the air with her hands up in the air and just looks so free and happy, and you've got the mountains in the background. And that's really the image that I get when I think about life schooling. It's just this freedom that we have. But, you know, sometimes freedom can be a little scary, can't it? Because we like the boxes to check. We like to have the curriculum that tells us exactly what to do every day. And there's just no thinking and it's easy um, or it seems to be (laughs) anyway. It's kind of an illusion, isn't it? Because so often what looks easy and like it's gonna make our lives simpler, turns out to be a lot more work and a lot more stress. And so in life schooling, we really have the freedom to do what the Lord calls us to for our own families and for our own children, according to their unique individual gifts and talents. But again, that's kind of scary. And we don't always know what that's gonna look like. And I know that with my own kids, you know, they're the older two, they're older now. And so they kind of have their direction and that's, that's all great. But when they're younger, you do really wrestle with this a lot more, I think. And you kind of wonder what are they going to end up doing? And are we doing the right thing? And are they getting everything they need? Are there any holes, right? Any gaps? We all hear those terms thrown around all the time. They drive me crazy, by the way. I have a whole blog post on that, but that's another topic altogether. But I wanted to share with you five life schooling tips to freedom in your homeschool because I want to give you some things to try. These aren't must-dos. These aren't things that Well, if you don't do them, you're just not a proper life schooler because, again, life schooling is about freedom. And it always kind of makes me laugh when I hear parents that get so attached to their particular philosophy or method of homeschooling that they can't try some other things and bring in some different um, ideas and methods and, and, uh, you know, just some variety. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with trying new things in your homeschooling. But I did want to give some tips because, again, I think having all this freedom can sometimes be a little scary, and we need a place to start, don't we? We need some kind of um, outline, I guess, or just some, some things that we can sort of start with and see, do they work in our homeschools? So I hope these tips today are going to help you really find the heart of life schooling for your family and what that can look like for you. So the first life schooling tip, number one, is encourage reading by letting your children read books after their bedtime. You know, if they have some books that they're really getting into and they're really loving, why not let them stay up late? Let them have some fun and 
get out the flashlight or, or have their little reading lamp and just have a fun time reading into the night. You know, we did this um, sometimes. Again, this is about what works for your family. We didn't do this all the time. Particularly, I don't do this a lot with my youngest because he doesn't quite have the same, um, he's just not like his older siblings. He doesn't have the same self-control yet that, that they did. Perhaps that's a way to learn it by kind of letting him have a few nights where the next day he's exhausted. Maybe he would learn then. So that might be partially on me. But, um, you know, every child is different. So we don't do that as much with him. But we still do occasionally, particularly if it's a day, the next day, where I know we're not going to be doing a lot that's going to require um, him sitting still <laughs> and really focusing you know, I may let him on those occasions. But I know my mom did this a lot when the grandkids would come over, um, my niece and nephew in particular. She would let them stay up and they would, they would read late into the night. And it really did encourage them to just love reading. And that's what she was all about is, is um, encouraging that love of reading in her grandkids. So I just love that. It's, it's a fun thing if, um, if that works for you. And it might be something to try in your home, but maybe not on a Saturday night with church the next morning. That might not be so good. <laughs> so tip number two, life schooling tip number two is let the early years be focused on play. And if you listen to me at all, or if you follow me at all, you know that I am really big on play. Kids need to play. And we know this, we, I mean, the research continues to show this. It's not rocket science, guys. It's, it's just the truth. Young children, babies, toddlers, this is what they're doing all the time. They're schooling all the time. They're life schooling all the time. And they're picking up on math concepts and even um, early reading concepts just through language and the way uh, things are spoken to them. They're learning so much through this, but I know it can be scary to allow our children just that freedom to play, particularly when they get a little older, because I think most of us tend to think, well, that's fine for the toddlers and the, the babies and even preschool and maybe even kindergarten, we might go that far in first grade, but then they start getting into second, third, fourth, and I don't even like using those terms because I really have a problem with um, you know, I know to a degree we need to know kind of the level our kids are on, but anyway, I'm getting off track here. We're a little nervous as they get older to let them have that time to play, to really play and explore things because we feel like, well, they need to be doing academics. They need to be learning from a curriculum and from these other things, but you know, that's not even that's not even the case with even older kids. They really do still learn from life experience and from play and from just living in their real world. And one of the great books that I have that really, if, if you're struggling at all with this concept and 
you really feel like you need to build your confidence with this area, I would highly recommend this book. And you can see I've got, if you're watching me on YouTube, you can see I've got my bookmarks sticking out of it. But this is an excellent book. And I think it's got it flipped around on the screen. So I don't know if you can read backwards writing, but Einstein never used flashcards. I'm not even a quarter of the way through this book yet. And already I recommend it to people because it's just the pages that I've read are so good and the information is just so solid and it was written by two scientists. So it's all just factual backed up information about the way that children learn and how important play is to their development. So uh, definitely one to pick up. Um, probably not a bedtime reading book because it is a little deeper, but it's it's still very manageable for anybody to read. So just grab that and, and give it a read and really encourage yourself and, and give yourself confidence in this whole area because it's so important. And you think about even as we get older into adulthood, I mean, we have hobbies and different things that we like to do, crafting, <coughs> excuse me that we like to do. And that's basically like a form of play too, right? So it's important and we need to encourage that in our children. And my youngest is a very active boy. He cannot sit for more than an hour or two at the max. So that's okay. He's learning on his, on his own through play. We've noticed because we purchased a math curriculum for him when he was, I don't know, I guess about five, and decided that we would just do this with him just to kind of have something to do. And he really liked math. And we noticed that with life, it gets busy. We didn't always have time to do that every day. And so he just played and did his normal thing. And then we go back to the math curriculum and we'd realize, oh, well, he's picked up all these concepts and we'd flip, you know, <laughs> 10 pages over or whatever. And, and so this was kind of a continual thing. And now I don't, we didn't use that math curriculum much at all because now he's just completely outgrown it. And it just goes to show that you really don't have to teach this way. If you want to, that's fine. If your kids are the kind that really just love to do school and do the workbook pages, hey, that's fine. They can do that, but it is not necessary. And we need to understand that the playing is really what helps them to build their problem-solving skills and their creativity as well. And I do want to read one section out of here just to drive the point home a little bit farther. Jean Piaget was a Swiss scholar who... Um, this book says, whose ideas have so dominated developmental psychology and they've taught us the mistakes children make are far more revealing than the answers they get right on IQ tests. Um, and it goes on. That's actually not the section I want to read. Let me go down a little bit farther. Um, so it says, what he found was startling. Children are the engines behind their own development. This means that as we argued in chapter two, the everyday mundane experiences children have are sufficient to fuel their drive to understand the world. They do not wait passively to be urged to engage in intellectual behaviors, nor do they conservatively avoid new experiences. And I, this just made me think of computers. 
I mean, how many kids know exactly what to do on a computer and how to maneuver and social media sites? I always have to ask my daughter, like, how do I do this on Instagram? Because she's just, she's not afraid. And she's 15 now. So see, they still learn even as they're older through just play. And so that just really rang true to me. Um, Nor do they conservatively avoid new experiences. To the contrary, children create much of their own stimulation by observing and actively experimenting as they play and go through their daily lives. As a result, and I want to drive this home, parents can relax and relieve themselves of the mantle of responsibility for cognitive development that they have assumed. We don't have to take that on, homeschool moms. So, and of course, there are things that we can still teach our kids. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I'm not against formal academics, and there's a time and a place for that. But this is how we're wired. We're wired to learn through everyday life. We're wired to learn through experiences. And it all starts at those younger ages and as, as babies and toddlers. Um, even just this morning, and I know I'm kind of spending a lot of time on this point. You can see I'm very passionate about it. And I really believe in this. But even just this morning, my son, and I posted pictures on Instagram in my stories, but my youngest son, who is seven, I came out from the bedroom after my devotions and everything. And I come out and here he is sitting in front of the television watching a math video of all things. And it was algebra. <laughs> And he's seven, like, I don't even know how much he really understood, but he was interested. And that's the thing too, is sometimes stretching our kids, allowing them to sort of explore things that are beyond them is okay because it, it shows them, oh, there's stuff here. I don't, I don't quite get it, but this is interesting. So he's sitting there watching this algebra video and then he has this whole page of notes that he's taking and he's writing down all these algebra problems from the screen. And the other day, the same thing for my daughter. Incidentally, it just happened to be algebra also. We were at, um, at the car repair shop and she has her phone there and she's like, oh yeah, I'm doing algebra. I've been doing algebra the last couple days because I can uh, think a little clearer. And she has some health issues you may have heard me share before, but she's not able to do structured academics right now. She can't even really read a book, like even a page or two just drains her physically, which is a strange thing. But that's where she is in life. And that's where God has her. But on those times when she's able to, she gets excited that that she can do a little bit more, that she can pull out some math and work on it because she wants to understand it. She wants to know. And kids do love to learn. If we don't squelch that and we don't ruin that desire in them and that love of learning, so she was working on some algebra the other day, and, um, and that was really cool to see that she was able to do that. But then she's really delved deep into her artwork right now because that's something that she is able to do. And so if you want to see her art, she's very, very talented. Um, but you can go onto Instagram uh, to the Life as a Life Schooler account, and I have her, her bio linked through to, from mine. So you can go check that out. But my son, my oldest son, Connor, I'll just talk a bit about him as well. And again, I'm sorry if you've heard these examples before, but you know, it's, 
this is my life and so they're the examples that I have are my children and hopefully um, hopefully you don't get bored from hearing this but sometimes we have to hear the same things again don't we it's just like it just is that reaffirmation that okay it's gonna be okay um, this is working for others it can work for me but Connor has graduated high school now and you know I'm just gonna be really honest with you we did not stress about biology or British literature which incidentally he happened to read a lot of British literature just because he enjoyed it. He enjoyed the writing. But we did not stress about him having to learn certain things because why? I mean, in North Carolina, we're allowed to graduate our children when we believe they have learned what we have required of them. And he was passionate about computers and still is. He's learning Amazon Web Services. And we have some contacts that are already interested in helping him find a job or possibly potentially hiring him, um, but helping him get his resume ready and, and really um, just encouraging him in that. So why stress about making him do things that are not related to anything he has an interest in that are not related to his God-given gifts? And I just want to stress that as well. If God has given our children gifts, then why would we want to squelch that? They're from him. And I'm probably getting a little ahead of myself um, a bit here. But I just, again, I just get passionate about the subject. So he really explored IT. He learned a lot of different coding languages. And that was his play in high school. You know, that's what he loved to do. And we did not want to prevent him or stop him from doing that. So many other lessons are learned through allowing our children to pursue their passions. So life schooling tip number four is invest in your children. And this really kind of goes along with what I was just talking about is giving them lots of time to explore their interests and their passions but then more than that being willing to pay for those and the materials and supplies that they need I do this for my daughter I pay for her paper and her micron pens that she uses for her drawings and you know that's just that's a way that I can invest in her and invest in her future. Because when you think about it, we don't have any problem, do we, in paying for curriculum. I mean, we're ready to do that all day long. And we'll go to a, a, a vendor hall at a conference and plunk down two or $300, some, you know, some people. And, um, you know, I've, I've been known to do that myself. <laughs> it's a lot of money, you know. But we don't seem to have a problem with that. But then it's like we don't want to pay for, um, again, just to use my daughter as an example, for drawing supplies or for these different things that are their real passions and the gifts that God has put into them. So we need to really be willing to do that. You know, fund your children's projects. They they might even only stick with them for a short time. And that can be frustrating, but they're learning valuable lessons about who they are, about what they like and what they don't like, and really where their gifts are. And what better time to do it? Because think about it, when you're grown and you have a family to support or to take care of, you don't have time 
to have a million different hobbies and to explore and figure out who you are. Um, it's a little late by then because life goes on and it's moving fast and, and you just don't have time to pursue, pursue things like you do when you're young and when your parents are providing food and a roof over your head. So I would just really encourage you in that respect to just allow your children to explore things and don't get too frustrated if they seem flighty and they run from one thing to the next and it's like, well, you were just doing this last week and now you're over here wanting to learn about this other subject and wanting me to invest in this. Think of it as courses, right? Again, I go back to the curriculum example because we would be willing to invest in curriculum if this was a biology course. You know, we'll buy the microscope for biology class, but will we buy it if our kids just want to explore, um, you know, things that they find in nature? Do we invest in, in those kinds of things? It seems frivolous to us, but this is play. And this is how they learn. So think of it as different courses that they're taking. Um, it's just a little bit more unconventional, not what we're used to. But another thing I want to just mention for us to kind of change our thinking on this is traditional schooling, our modern schooling, is really the aberration when you think about it. Think how many thousands of years, they didn't really have paper like we do today. They didn't have all of the materials like we do today, the curriculum <laughs> and all the books. The printing press was not invented. I mean, you didn't have all the, as many scrolls just laying around to teach your children from. Um, but so they really did learn a lot through everyday life. So really, if you want to look at it that way, we're just going back to a more traditional form of, of homeschooling, of education. And so I think that's kind of a funny way to look at it. But um, I'm getting off on so many bunny trails. <laughs> but I'm really passionate about this subject, guys, because it's, it's just so important. And I just, it saddens me when I see kids that are just trapped in schools all day long. My daughter was supposed to take driver's ed this week, but she found out quickly that she did not have the mental stamina for that. But it was at the local high school, and so she went for one day yesterday. And you know, it was really sad. It just made me sad to see all the kids being herded around um, and just hearing her talk about how the kids several of them came up to her. They're like, Hey, are you homeschooled? And they were asking her all these questions and they were really curious. And Elena told them, well, we do it a little differently. We don't, ours doesn't look like regular school. We are allowed to just pursue the things we're really interested in. And she shared with them how she wrote a book and how she did artwork. And um, then she said to the one girl, she's like, well, what are your interests? And Elena told me her face just lit up and she's like, I love to run. And she just got so excited about sharing with Elena how she loves to run. And, you know, that just, I was so glad that Elena was able to go at least for that one day and just be able to share a little bit and plant some seeds, as I called it, with these kids to show them that there's a totally different way to do education. And who knows? I think some of them will take that with them into adult, adulthood and, and really remember that. But 
it's just, it's sad to me that they don't have that opportunity to really explore who they are. And then just some of the teachers and the way she said, they just seemed like they hated their jobs and just hated being there and, and having to um, teach all these kids all day. And anyway, I digress once again, but I just think that we have such a privilege as life schooling moms to be able to let our children find their passions and what God has really put in them to do. And so I would encourage you to just invest in your children. So life schooling tip number five, do one subject or project, as the case may be, a day. Really allow your kids to hone in on one thing a day. If you're doing more formal kinds of academics, um, and you know, again, I'm not saying this will work for you, but it's something to try. And this was something that we did with our older two when they were younger and we were doing um, a bit more formal academics. We allowed them to really focus in on one subject a day. So we would do history one day and that let us just really dive deep and and go off on rabbit trails and explore some other living books maybe that we wouldn't have otherwise. And that was just a lot of fun. Now we did split up, I think it was math with English one day because it's hard, let's face it, it's, it's pretty mentally taxing to do math all day um, or even all morning. We didn't, we didn't do school all day, but even all morning, that's a lot of math. That's a lot of heavy duty thinking. So we did split those two subjects between, or rather we did those two together in one day. But this was kind of an interesting way to do it. Again, it just allowed them to dive deep. In schools, you know, if you're in the middle of a project and the bell rings, that's it. You've got to get up. You've got to move on. It's time to go to the next class. Game over. And so you don't have that time to really be involved with, with the project with whatever you're doing. So I just, that was a really beneficial thing for us. And then I see that with my daughter today. Again, she's not doing formal academics right now. She's really uh, just diving into her artwork and piano playing, but she will go through her days and often she'll focus in on one thing for hours at a time. She'll sit down and she'll draw for three or four hours at a time and just be fully engrossed in that. And then she may go play piano for a good solid chunk of time. You know, I don't even know. Some days she spends a lot of time just on the piano playing. And by the way, I'll just mention this as well. Even things like piano, um, you kids can learn through play because she never had lessons. She's just learned to play by ear and through YouTube videos and just figuring it out on her own. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think there's a place for lessons, and she does actually want to get lessons now. But just having her be able to learn what piano is all about, does she really like it before she, we pay and go off and have her get lessons? Because a lot of the ways that they teach music is very structured. It's very, let's face it, it's just kind of dry and boring at the beginning. And you're really not playing a lot of exciting songs. Um, so allowing her to really explore that and learn songs that were a little more complicated than she would have learned as a beginner otherwise was a good thing for her. So again, this idea of doing, focusing in, letting our children really focus in on one thing 
at a time and, and even for perhaps the whole day. It's just a really important thing. I want to circle back because I just noticed something in my notes that I did want to mention about just this idea of kids being flighty and kind of jumping from one thing to another. You do know your own child. If this is an issue that they're having in every area of life, if you notice it showing up in chores, like they're just not persevering, they're just, they're just kind of lazy or just not focusing in like they need to, then you might want to consider um, addressing that as a possible character issue. I always want to stress the importance of character in our children because sometimes I, I hear from some moms and um, the impression that I get is that they really just let their kids do whatever they want. And um, it's okay to let them explore their interests, but there are times your children in everything need to understand who is in charge and it's not them. And so as you give them this freedom, they have to earn that as well. And because freedom is earned, I think in every area of life, and it's not just something that um, you can take, allow your kids to take for granted. So there are times when you may need to bring in a little more structure just to remind them of who is in charge. It doesn't mean it can't be fun. It doesn't mean you can't allow them to explore their gifts and their own passions. But there may be times when you have to draw the line. And there may be times when you also have to say, listen, you have jumped from this to this to this to this, and I'm noticing it also in other areas of your life, so let's address this heart issue. Why don't you seem to be persevering, or why do you seem to be a little lazy when things get hard in this whatever hobby or whatever topic it is that you're studying? When things get hard, you just want to bail. That might not be a good thing. That may be an actual character issue. So I did want to just circle around and, and mention that because I noticed that was one thing I didn't cover. That is all that I have on this subject. We've been through all of the tips, so I just want to run through them again really quickly. So life schooling tip number one is encourage reading by letting your children read books that they love after bedtime. Life schooling tip number two, let the early years be focused on play and even some of the later years. That's not bad either. And number two, Tip number three is give them plenty of free time to explore those interests. Tip number four is invest in your children. And tip number five is do one subject or project per day. So that's all I have for you. That is life as a life schooler. I do hope you'll join us next time. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to my channel and hit the like button and leave me a few comments because I always love feedback from my followers and I'd love to hear if you try these ideas out and how they work for you. So that's Life as a Life Schooler. We'll see you next time and happy life schooling. <laughs>